job. I don't know what I do. Yeah, I bet you don't. Seems like. Uh, sir, I'm conflicted. <laughs> Are you wearing the same pants? They love you. They love you. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you for squeezing that in. Um, uh, this is great. Thank you guys for coming out. Holy shit. This is a lot of people who don't know what my name is, if you really think about it. It's also the largest group of people who've thought my name is not what it is. Because again, it's Gareth, it's Welsh. I've been very clear. I wish that was a catchphrase that I used more. Well, he, she's a real queen shit of Liesville, if you ask me. Just in the store. Having a real queen shit of Liesville day myself, I'll see it. God, I've just been such a queen shit of Liesville lately. I just don't know. Oh, we have a book coming out May 9th. Called, uh, the United States of Absurdity. Uh, check that out and uh, buy it on the web. The webs. <laughs> Good, clear, very clear. Um, I'll be in uh, Bridgetown uh, the weekend of May fifth and sixth and seventh, and that'll that's be not for you guys. That's for the people. That's listening. for other Unless people listening go to right now. What's up, guys? Who's just straight up listening? Not you guys. We'll be in uh, Philadelphia and DC, uh, July. 14th and 15th? I yep. Think? And and go to the website. We'll be uh, in Dallas. Uh, or is this going to. Are we even going to hear this? No, we'll happen? put this one out probably. Okay. When, what date are we in Dallas? <laughs> Next weekend. Next weekend. 20, uh, last weekend in April. How's okay. that? Okay. The Sunday of the last weekend in April. Uh, Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And Dallas. And still, uh, still tickets on sale for the second show in Austin. Plenty of seats in Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> We're actually allowing people to park their cars in the theater. Yep. We're going to do a drive-in thing. We just think that's going to be more economical Giving at this away, point. Uh, eight seats for the price yep. of one. Yep, eight seats. You get a row, you get a blanket, you get a juice and a cookie. And you guys... Drive your car in. You're going to love it. I'm starting to feel like maybe all those comments I made about Texas are not paying off. Yeah. wonder what the deal is. There. We love them! What? Um, what did I want to say? Oh, you're listening to the dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, comedian, actor, writer, father, lawn owner, Occasional garage cleaner. Is that some garbage taker outer? And Dr. Dave Anthony. <laughs> Reads a story from American history to my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I think I think we I think we're I think we're finally good on that part of the You, are, you need credits. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, once you're talking, bragging about taking out trash, I don't know if those are credits. Those are... No, you need credits. Uh, those are all credits. Sure, yeah. You clean out your garage, take out trash, and are a doctor, so... 
Yeah, I do it all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of doctors don't take out their trash. <laughs> I do. Because I care about my home and my... my oh. Yeah, see what happens when you fuck with me? <laughs> don't do it, Dave. Oh, was, was that me? I'm getting waves. I know. The sound guy's going... Yeah. He's smoking weed. 1925! <laughs> or 1926! <laughs> Is this Or 1927. <laughs> Linda Taylor was okay. born in Tennessee. Okay. But her uncle Hubert said she was born in Summit, Alabama. Okay. How's that debatable? And the 1930 census does not identify, identify her as Linda, but Martha Miller. It's gonna be a long one for okay. Gareth. Should have brought notepad. So. We have Linda, who Linda. might be Martha, yep. who perhaps is born in Alabama, most likely in Tennessee. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Good. This is a choose-your-own-adventure. This is our yeah. first. Yeah. And I'd like it to be 1926. Okay. Take me to that page. Okay, that's fine. It's like Dungeons and Dragons now. Playing a little D&D &D up here. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you should cheer that. Okay. Uh, he was, uh, she was one of three children born to Joe and Liddy Miller, who had a cotton farm in Mississippi County, Arkansas. Well, <laughs> surely they had employees. <laughs> okay. That might explain some of this story. Not good to hear. She went to school, but only made it up to the second grade. Well, okay. <laughs> if memory serves, pretty easy time as far as the schooling goes. Third grade is when it gets really hard. Uh, Dave, I think fifth. That's when I stop paying attention, especially history. I think a lot of people, a lot of people wrap it up in the second when they have a couple names. I'm good. I think I'm good on education. I learned it all. I can yeah, almost spell. Got it all right here. Barely reading. All right. I'm gonna light up a smoke and get the fuck out of here. I'm six, so. Let's do it. What am I supposed to do? Let's get this shit started. Are we calling her Linda or Martha? Or do We're I gonna, not get to ask that question? I'm gonna call her Linda. Okay. Until I call her something else. She was also known as a very willful child who would try to prove someone wrong if they told her she couldn't do something. So why didn't someone say, you can't complete your education? Well, they probably said, you can't drop out of school. <laughs> and there she went. There we are. Linda v. Martha. <clears throat> On the census, she's listed as white, like the rest of her family. Got weird. Got weird. Feels and really weird, on right? something else? But she didn't look like her parents or siblings. Linda had long black hair and dark skin. A neighbor said, quote, I think she could have been black. 
cool neighbor. Right? Great neighbor gossip. Great neighbor. I think she could have been black. Because uh, her... the others are white. Yeah. And she's not. Also, Bob. He's banging his cousin's brother. Also his cousin. And... The cow? He's sick. Moo. The other one. Ah. Him, obviously. I think he's black, too. Though Linda's color could have been a product of the family's Native American heritage. But, okay, but, okay, but they're white. Get used to it. Wait. So are they, look, is Martha Linda from the white family who has Native American roots? Yep. Okay. There also could have been black ancestry in the family. That wasn't something you bragged about in Mississippi at the time. So they're not just totally white, right? Well, she's the only one with dark skin. But then what is the, what, oh my God. Okay. She's giving you options. A lot of them. Because of her color, Linda was moving between two very different worlds in the Jim Crow era South. Okay. Awesome yeah. time. Yep. Great era. When she was a young woman around 1950, Linda had an affair with a white man who had blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. That guy's wife lost her shit when she... Did you hear? She slept with a pure white. Wife livid. Also, that one cow that was sick... He's better. <laughs> that one's sick now. The first one from before. Got it, I think, from the other. Move. Move. Very curt. <laughs> so she lost her shit when she found out and discovered Linda in a car with her husband. Okay. And she threw rocks at it, screaming, Come out, you black. I'm not going to say it in front of a thousand people. Why? You guys know the word. Especially a thousand uh, white, to white be, people. Not to be a stickler. <laughs> Let's be honest. We have, we have, we're, we're very, for some reason, it's just us white people <laughs> in the theater. Isn't that redundant? Like, that, that is being so, like, what? It shows such a lack of creativity as far as, like, how you're trying to put someone down. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's not. Have. I don't think she, no, we didn't say she was smart. Right. She was okay. just trying to come up with words when she was angry, and they came out super fucking racist. Right. Okay. Sure. 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 Linda was very promiscuous. <laughs> she liked to. She liked to do it. She liked to bang a lot of different uh, gents. All right. <laughs> By the early nineteen. 19- but Martha 18- was a virgin. <laughs> Tonight on Lifetime. Hoary virgin. <laughs> by the early 1950s, Linda had four children, all by different fathers. Uh, 
That's right. That organization. You got options that way. That organization was fucking getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The kids did not look alike. The kids what? Did not look alike. Okay, well, I think I, I, I know what that's attributed yeah. to. Yeah, they had different dads. Clifford was born in 1941 when Linda was a teenager. He was white. Okay. Paul came next. For some reason, he was nicknamed Toho after the Prime Minister of Japan. I don't know. There was no given explanation. (sighs) Next. Paul... Paul was born in Oakland in 1948. On the birth certificate, his mother is listed as Connie Martha Louise White. <laughs> but that, that was actually Linda. She just put She different. just literally never thought of what she wanted to say until the moment they asked. <laughs> Connie Linda Martha White, not black. <laughs> yep. The third. And I'm a doctor. (laughs) Paul's father was a white guy, but Paul's skin color was dark, much darker than Linda's. So he's darker than mom. Sure. The third son, Johnny, was born in 1950, very white looking, and then she had a daughter, Sandra, who had the coloring of her mother. So four kids, two white, one that looks very dark, and then one that's the same color as Linda. Right. That's the family. Very Benetton. For sure. Total gap ad. Yeah. Like the UN and a little house. Right. <laughs> Linda moved the family around a lot. Johnny, quote, we would go from Arkansas to Mississippi, then from there we'd go to Ohio, then California, then Chicago. Linda. Somebody yells Linda. Linda! (laughs) And they were always getting into trouble, especially in the South, where the different ethnic looks of the family upset a lot of people. Caused a lot of problems. Shocking. Uh, When they lived in Louisiana, Paul was not allowed to eat inside white-owned restaurants. So the whole family would go in and they'd be like, you're you're outside, son. Uh, so he would go outside, sit under a tree, and one time Johnny went outside to eat with his brother under the tree, and all the whites told him they couldn't eat together, even outside. What? Or there would be problems. We own the tree. Get away from there. Get away from your brother. Quit talking to your brother. You got different skin, stupid. Did you hear about the tree? Uh, oh, yeah. So the tree's white. <laughs> you can't write this stuff. And the sick cow from before? Dead. <laughs> Nothing. See? Dead. Go on. He was the first one. From earlier. <laughs> the family often left whatever city they were in very quickly because they were in trouble so quickly that each kid kept everything they owned in a bag. (laughs) That's a good, that's good parenting. Don't forget your life bag. It's your whole life. Don't forget your bag. 
We're going to bed here. Duffel bag's ready. Oh, what? no, I lost my life back there. Well, foolish boy. <laughs> You're not going to split your brother's life. <laughs> they never had any idea day to day where they would be living. Cliff ran away when he was a young teen. He was like, fuck this shit. Right. So it was Johnny Paul and Sandra formed a little union unit. Their mother was not very mother. <laughs> union would be amazing. <laughs> we demand rights. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going on strike. We're going on strike. We want better life bags. <laughs> Two bags. Two bags of life. <laughs> So Linda was not very mothering, and Johnny was now getting the worst. Are they of it. going to school? They're not going to school. They're just driving everywhere. Yeah. And anytime yeah. they're bored, she treats yeah. the life bag like an iPad. Look in your life bag. I didn't really look into that. I didn't think about it, but they probably must not. not. Especially if she ended at second grade, she probably wasn't like, "You need an education." Yeah. <laughs> so now Johnny was getting the worst of it because he was the odd one, the only white-looking one. Linda would often drop her kids off with friends or family and then take off with no idea when she'd return. Okay. That's a... Uh, tough. Tough for, uh, tough for it's a, a child. Tough for a child, but... Uh, At least you got your life sack. But like team, team building. Huh? <laughs> for that's, just what you, that's what you do retroactively. The whole time I was teaching a team building. You see how great of a team you are? That's why I kept leaving for months. Sometimes she would leave them with acquaintances. Just, okay. Hey, can you watch my kids for five minutes? And then she'd come back a week later. In the mid-1950s... Wait, she, wait. She'd just leave with someone she met for a week? She'd leave them, yeah, for a while. She'd, yeah. Okay. But they're fine. Sure. Okay. In the 1950s, she left Paul with a black family in Missouri, then came and got him a while later, and immediately drove him and dropped him off with his family in Chicago. Yeah. That's this city. Cheers. And that was the last uh, anyone saw of Paul. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even get to know the little squirt. <laughs> What? So that's just... Well, they... Babysitting forever? <laughs> I don't think she's coming back! He's 21! <laughs> they would, Johnny and Sandra wouldn't see Paul for years. Johnny believed she left Paul behind because he looked the darkest. Even though Linda dropped Paul off in Chicago and didn't see him for years, she moved to the same city with her two kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> Turn around. It's your brother. Paul, go the other way, go the other way. It's Paul. Move, move, move. Uh, it was 1960. For the first time, life was pretty good. Life was good? Yeah. Okay. They had a furnished apartment. Okay. The kids got new bicycles, which they had never had before. Won't fit in my bag. <laughs> I told you the strike would work. Unionized. Well, one of us got fired. Well, look. <laughs> Paul, 
Paul negotiated a little hard. He was pushing. He was pushing. Wonder where he is. He's just three blocks away. Anyway, we'll never know. Linda had somehow gotten in with Lawrence Wakefield, who was a small-time policy king in Chicago's Ukrainian village. Okay, okay. Can that be my title? I do small-time policy in the Ukrainian village. So. It was a pretty, it's the busy season, as we like to say over there, in the Ukeville. Uh, what is that even? Okay, so okay, he makes so policy at the Ukrainian village? Clearly you don't listen to the other podcast I was involved in called Bronzeville, in which I helped do research. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Bronzeville, Dave. Bronzeville is a, uh, a podcast. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, directed it. Um, and there's a bunch of great actors written by the writer of History of Violence. And uh, I help research on it, and you don't care. It's about, it's about one. It's about... No, 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 no. No. Yes. Okay. Now I... Whoa. Almost. What a miscommunication that would have been. And it's about... I know what it's about. Okay, go ahead. An hour 20. Huh? About an hour 20. RT. So it's about Policy King. Uh, so Policy Racket... It's like an underground lottery. So before lotteries were lotteries, mostly in the black community, they started a thing called the policy, which is a numbers. Like it's like a lottery, but it's underground. It's illegal. They're running a racket. Sort of. Did they still have the spinning? <laughs> <laughs> or did they, did they have the technology of the ping pong? Yeah, they had the blower. They did? They had the blower, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Powerballish, I think, is what we're all picturing. So yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like a very much like a powerball. And it's underground. Under. So like in the sewer powerball. Yeah. Okay. It's in the sewer powerballing. Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take off. Okay. All right. That was fun, dude. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so most of the uh, policy uh, rackets were taken over by the mob, the Italian mob, except Wakefield's was not. He was on the south side of Chicago, and uh, his policy racket was considered so small-time that they just didn't give a shit. That's where you want to be. Yeah. That's a nice market to corner. Yeah. So he's like a hustler. No one considered him to be a good hustler, but, you know. <laughs> okay. So right. now... She's taken up with Lawrence. It was clear to Johnny his mother and Wakefield had known each other for a while, but he didn't know how. Oh, my. He never knew what the relationship was, though it did not seem to be sexual. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> she would call Wakefield dad. Oh. Well, not sexual. Do you think... Yeah, so if it's a non-sexual one, methinks we may have a papa. <laughs> and don't get, and some, there's a lot of people in here who fucking call each other dad. So don't start booing. People have weird fetishes. Let's not shame that this guy. This is my wife, and, dad. That guy in row 
13, seat 8. Let's not shame that guy. No. Right there, that guy. Let's not shame him. Let's be called dad. It's no big deal. Wait. Huh? Right there. Excuse me? I'm just... That guy. So Wakefield lived down the block. Okay. Johnny would sometimes carry bags for Wake, Wakefield and drop them at a jewelry store. <laughs> okay. The family always had money and uh-huh. bodyguards. And bodyguards. Bodyguards. Okay. Uh, after life on the road, this was heaven for the kids. Sure. Then on February 18th, 1964, so they've been living this way for a few years, yeah, three years, eight, four years. Okay. The police received a report that Wakefield was deathly ill. Okay. So they went to his house. We might have to throw out his life bag. <laughs> there they found coin wrappers, bedding slips, money stuffed everywhere. It was in furniture, stuck in piles of clothes. He's allergic to money! <laughs> it's in laundry bags, in pillowcases, cardboard boxes, and a footlocker. Altogether, after counting it for 20 hours, the total... When I first hear footlocker, I imagine the store. <laughs> Locker back here. It's like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Put a footlocker. What can we get you, sir? Oh my God, some Adidas would be great. I just am. I'm looking for a running shoe. I just. I'm here investigating. The guy might be dead, but wow, this really opens up. Oh, you guys have the little mirrors down there. That's great. Just look at your little shoe mirrors. That's fun. Want to pick a number? Huh? Like to pick a number? Pick a number. <laughs> Shoe size or you're not a policy king, are you? That's why I have a crown. <laughs> so I thought they... you were the king of the refs like the manager. <laughs> so they the cops counted the money. So Wakefield was taken away. He's sick. Taken to the hospital. They count all the money. It takes him 20 hours. <laughs> around the apartment. Well, because someone kept going, what's that phone number? He was like, oh, son of a bitch. Fuck, why are we writing? It was in the last pile. Why don't we write it down? Because we don't need to write it down if someone quits asking for goddamn phone numbers. <laughs> Shit. <sighs> Seven. Get him out now. The total was $700,063,223.30. So they kept the change. In they that. kept the change. They and counted it. Three dimes. Because there's no way the cops... I counted the change three dimes. There's no way the cops took any of it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No. Of course not. No. They were probably in that footlocker. Wakefield died hours later of a hemorrhage. He was 60. Okay. Since he wasn't charged with a crime, the money was to go to his heirs. Okay. Wakefield did not... Your kids are getting new bags! (laughs) Wakefield did not provide for Linda or the kids in his will. Um, When the photos of all the cash were published in the local papers... Nah, it's got a sting a smidge. A dozen heirs came out of the woodwork. <laughs> okay. 
One contender was Rose Kennedy, a 66-year-old woman who said she was Wakefield's common-in-law wife. Wait, wait, wait. This is... Common-in-law wife. <laughs> 12 people? Uh, it said, yeah, it said a dozen came out. Yeah. Okay, 12 people are like, I'm the heir. But they quickly, a lot of them are quickly eliminated. Okay, right, which is fun. Then Constance Wakefield appe- uh, appeared. Sure. They're saying she was his daughter and she was the rightful heir. And on April 18th, 1864, the Chicago Defender paper wrote, quote, a 29-year-old woman who claims to be the daughter of the late policy king, Lawrence Wakefield, has unfolded a fantastic story of plots and intrigues which separated her from her father. The claimant, Constance Beverly Wakefield, who lives in Chicago's north side, showed the defender an array of documents which she claims proves she is the daughter of Wakefield. Okay. The story said Constance Wakefield's home was protected by a bodyguard, director dire- decorated with odd figurines, and had a <laughs> m- minor bird? Minor? Minor. Minor bird? They constantly squawked the name Lawrence. <laughs> Dave. Yes. So the minor bird is a bird. The minor bird is a bird that talks. The minor bird? Minor bird. Minor, I thought you said minor bird. Minor bird? I thought you said minor bird, and I thought minor bird was a bird. No, minor bird. Do you see the fun? Minor bird is a. Do you a, get why it's fun? Minor bird is a lady who lives next door and just says Lawrence all the time. Right now we're talking about the bird in the house. Also says Lawrence. <laughs> also. So there's just a bird. There's a bird that just says Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. As if someone had coached it to say that over and over. Lawrence. You think? <laughs> Constance, 29 years old, had a 1935 birth certificate listing her parents as birth Lawrence. certificate. Birth. This is just. I thought she had the Minaberg birth certificate. That's coming up. Okay. So the birth certificate listed her parents as Lawrence Wakefield and Edith Jarvis. She said she thought Edith was her grandmother, not her mother, and then she found out that it was actually her mother. <laughs> okay, so it was accurate. Constance said she'd grown up in Blytheville, Arkansas. Okay. Constance then said Rose Kennedy was not Wakefield's common-law wife and that Kennedy had tried to poison her. Okay, <laughs> well, there you go. All right. So, the plot thickens. We gotta know, I wonder when. I don't know who she is, and she tried to kill me. I've never met the woman, and she killed me once. <laughs> Quote, the doctor... More poison? Cereal? Fuck. <laughs> Quote, the doctor said I had swallowed enough strychnine to kill a dozen people. All the other heirs. <laughs> also, how did you survive? Is there no follow-up to that? No, there's going to be more. No, but no. is there no doctor who was... No, no, that was it. That's so what the she doctor said. was she like, just said you should be dead 12 times. <laughs> You're not, and I gotta get moving. See ya, thanks! She also said police caught two men trying to break into her house. They did what? They caught two men trying to break into her house. Okay. And a quote, swarthy Italian threatened to kill her. Is swarthy a fair thing for a description in that way? Well, I mean, that's... He's just... 
I mean, okay. that, so what does swarthy mean? Is that like uh, kind of hot or scary? <laughs> scary? I thought swarthy was like your big sexy man. Scarif. So a scary Italian. So scary Italian. All right. Plus her bodyguard had stopped someone who tried Ooh. to. <laughs> her bodyguard had stopped someone who tried to blow up her Cadillac. Uh, uh, what's going on with her? Why is everyone trying to kill her? We don't know. We don't know why everyone's trying to blow her up and kill her. No, we don't know. But I think she's pointing the finger at Rose. Okay. But what about these? There's a lot of fingers to point. Yeah. Someone tried to blow up her Cadillac. Yeah. Serious business. Yeah. That's my point. Nine days after the story came out in the Chicago Defender about Constance... Chicago Wake- Defender's all over this shit, huh? <laughs> about Constance Wakefield, a newborn child was kidnapped from Edgewater Hospital. The mother handed the baby, Paul Joseph Afronzek over to a nurse who said he needed to be examined by a doctor. The nurse was in a full nurse's uniform. She walked straight to the back exit of the building and left. She was described as being mid-30s to mid-40s, 5'4 and 140 pounds. So, a nurse took the baby Correct. and just was like, we gotta, there's some tests we need to run. This one's to go. All right, They're stacking up. Get them out. Get them moving, guys. Come on. The doctor was like, that baby had enough strychnine to kill 12 babies. Uh, so a baby was stolen. Baby, stolen baby. Okay. Huge news. Uh, nationwide story. The parents pled for the baby's return on the news. Five, 500 police and 50 FBI agents were on the case. Federal baby investigators. Yes, federal baby investigators. That's the department you go to. They're the best. The best. The baby force out. Baby force. So unbelievable, you're not even going to believe it. Okay. They just walk around, sniff his diapers. Nope. The rookie. Come on, rook. Get your shit together. Never gets any easier, does it? Blanky and all. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I've come to like it. <laughs> He's retiring. Uh, I might not, though, because I, I like the... Mm. I like it. <laughs> so I might ask him to let me stick around, or just be a guy who comes in and does that. <laughs> I have... Uh, <laughs> Fetish? Why are you in the car? Wait, wait in the car. Wait in the car a little bit. Wait in the car. Can I wear diapers? Absolutely not. Nope. Who's a baby? Get out of here. I have a baby. Leave the apartment. You should take me. Get out. I can't. I'm a baby. Carry me. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna go throw him in the car seat. <laughs> <laughs> I made a boom boom. He's got like four more months. Uh, he's four months, so uh, we can get him out of here. And I think he really did go boom, so 
Bobby and then it up and I change him on the hood of the car. Where's my partner slash daddy? Get some apple juice, meet me outside. We'll take care of this. Okay. You're a bad boy. A man. It's hard to just step out of that. A man named Samuel Harper later said he was living with Constance slash Linda the day the Franzak baby was taken. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Constance okay. is Linda. Constance is Linda? Yeah. Wait, wait, Linda's Martha, right? Linda's Martha? Yeah. Constance is Linda, sorry. Martha is Linda, Linda is Constance. Yeah. Constance is claiming to be the heir to his fortune that her Cadillac's been bro- blown up. That's who we're talking about. Yeah. She's a shapeshifter. <laughs> Isn't she? Yeah. I want to choose the 1925 one. So at the time Samuel Harper is living with Linda slash Constance the day the baby was taken and said she left that day in a nurse's uniform. Well, one does. Gonna be a nurse back in an hour! And at the time, she had several other white infants in her home. Wait, what is going on? Baby farming? You find them around here. She's just. What is she doing? It's a baby tree. What? She's just running. Collected white babies. A little nursery? Who hasn't collected white babies? And they're all white? Well, these ones. <laughs> okay. They don't know any difference. They're babies. Excuse me? The moms are probably bummed, but the babies are like, goo. They get on fire. Johnny said his mom would say she was working in a hospital often and wore a nurse's hat. After Wakefield's death, there were suddenly a whole lot more kids in the house. <laughs> Children always seem to be coming and going. Uh, that's abnormal. Is that nobody's... Sometimes... How old is Johnny? Where the fuck is Paul? <laughs> how, old, how old is Johnny? Fuck Roughly. Uh, you know, I don't know what year, so this is about 34... 64, sorry. Um... He's a teenager. He's a teenager. Yeah. Okay, so he's living there and there's just a shitload of babies coming and going. <laughs> coming and going. It might be 12, 13. Yeah. 12 so or 13. There's a lot of kids coming through the house. It's like a kid train station sort of situation. <laughs> Is she selling the babies? I don't know. There's just a lot of babies right now. We'll get She's there. selling babies. We don't know what she's doing. She could just be collecting them. She'd be a baby collector. You don't collect and then get out. I know what Beanie Babies are. You keep them all. Most times you put them on the back of your car. Uh, you sit on that babies? weird little shelf in the back. Beanie Babies! Focus! I think that you're... You have an unnecessarily negative view of people who collect babies. 
boy, have I got a doozy for you, Z. You gotta get to believe this one. She's running a baby factory. A white baby named Tiger arrived out of nowhere, then vanished a few days later. A white baby named Tigra arrived. That's right. And vanished a few days later. Yep. A young black girl lived with them for a few months, then she was just gone one day. A few days after the Chicago Defender newspaper story about Constance trying to get Wakefield's inheritance, the Associated Negro Press wrote that Constant Wakefield Steinberg... <laughs> Dude, I remember oh, when I thought Jewish. I remember when I thought adding Linda was gonna be tough. <laughs> so what is she now? She's Orthodox? <laughs> she really needs to come up with better shit too. Oh, we have Johnny's age. Perfect. She reported her eleven year old son Johnny had been kidnapped and that she had received several threatening calls. So Steinberg. Her, yeah. Steinberg, yeah. Linda Martha, Her, Constance Steinberg, yeah. Wakefield, perhaps. It's not Johnny's been capped. Capped. Been capped? I don't think he's been capped. No, he's not I been capped. capped. No, no. I Paul, mean, perhaps capped. Uh, yeah. So she's like, my white one's gone. How do I describe him? White, for sure. He's white. Get him! Eleven, maybe a teenager. Get him! But Johnny hadn't been kidnapped. Sure, okay, fine. The Chicago Sun-Times reported that he was found by... He was just under this pile of babies! <laughs> if it wasn't screwed on, I swear. <laughs> Sorry I slept under the babies again, Ma. Oh, that's fine. Get a new one from the hamper. There's a stack. Just washing dishes with babies. There you go. Put them in the garbage. Do, 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 do. This is the one you dry with. You dry, I'll wash. Yeah. And throw them in there. Fire's almost out. Want to grab a couple of the white kids? Yeah, throw them on there. Get it going. Huh? What do you think? We're having company put out the good babies. I don't know which one's good. They're all white. I gotta get rid of more of these. The only one you threw out was Paul. Because he was darker. Now you just collect white babies. Shut up. It feels weirdly psychological. Let me tuck in. Um, okay. So Johnny was Here's your pile of babies I put on you before you slumber. <laughs> so Johnny was not kidnapped. The Chicago Sun-Times reported he was found by FBI agents near his house. He'd just run away after he had a fight with his sister. Okay. So Linda Constance, Linda slash Constance, moved forward with her... Steinberg. Steinberg. <laughs> attempt to get Wakefield's fortune, but... Uh, 
She went to probate court and it did not go well. She had a bunch of paperwork that verified her story, that she was Constance Wakefield. Okay. She produced a delayed birth certificate from the doctor who delivered her. A delayed birth certificate? So that means she got it later instead of right then. You swear you're her? Okay. <laughs> there you go. Good to see you again. You've grown into a, a human. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I need 13 other birth certificates? Sure. You, they're yours. Yep, all came out of me all at the same time. All right, let me just start the paperwork. Oh, 14. Sorry. Whatever you need. Oh, one dropped out of your coat. Yep. 15. Two did, actually. There's two right there. Those are yours? 16. Yep. Yep. What are their names? <sighs> okay. <laughs> and the other one? Burkert. Burkert. Okay. There you go. Let me just give you some blank ones so you can be on your way. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, she had two different wills Wakefield had written that no one had seen before. Some magic wills. She had two versions? Two wills. The first was from 19... 19- he did a funny and a serious. <laughs> One's a satire. The first was from 1943, and it just happened to include a description of his daughter that matched Constance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His wills usually include descriptions. Of course they do. Of course they do. They're very specific. To my son with curly hair and feet 11 and a half inches, shortish legs, a longer torso, a slight bit heavy. Sorry. Huh? 11 and a half inch feet. Yes. Okay. They turn inward. I know the great footlocker in Narnia. Um, quote, specific, specifically describing a scar and a mole and their exact location on her body. Okay. Because that's what dads do. That's what dads do. Ah, get over here, you little skip. How's your scar? Where's your mole? Ah! The second will from 1962 said all the money should go to Constance and that Rose was not his wife and she'd only get a dollar. (laughs) That's the better will, obviously. That's the version you want to go with. She gets one dollar. Quote, she is no good and will try to take everything from my baby. So she'd never read a will before writing two wills. (laughs) I don't think so. Right. She was like, dear Will. She stole enough from me since the death of my Edith. Okay. Right? Cook County. Was it notarized? What? Are they? No. Okay. No idea. Cook County Assistant State's Attorney Gerald Mannix did not believe any of it. He found a witness. What? He found a witness, Hubert Mooney, who said he was Martha's uncle. Martha being Linda, Linda being Constance. Right. Steinberg, perhaps. <laughs> Hubert said she was around 38 years old, not who, 29. Wait, who's Hubert? He, he's he works uncle. for the... He, okay. He's Martha's right. uncle. Okay. He said she's actually around 38 years old, not 29, and she was not Wakefield's daughter. And then Hubert's 84-year-old mother came from Tennessee to testify that she'd assisted in her granddaughter Martha's birth. And that was Martha. 
Mooney said he hadn't seen her much over the years. He saw her in Oakland once and he had to bail her out of jail. Good to catch up. The state's attorney then produced fingerprints and, quote, police records from Oakland, which he said were those of Miss Wakefield, listing arrests for prostitution, contributing to the delinquency of a minor, and assault. The fingerprints also matched those of Beverly Singleton, a woman who'd been arrested for assaulting a 12-year-old girl. Uh, Wait. She's also Beverly Singleton. I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) So from now on, if there's a new name, it's her. Yeah. Okay. Is she Herbert? Is she what? Hub- What's the guy's name? Hubert? Hubert. No, Hubert's okay. real. He's Hubert's, real. He's a real uncle. Was she the grandma? <laughs> I swear, that's absolutely true. I delivered my own self. <laughs> when I came out, I delivered me and I was a baby. Well, the story checks out here, so... Constance said she knew uh, Mooney but that she was not Martha. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, Constance. Constance, Constance is, on, is the one in the probate court. She's the one trying to get the money. She, I know, Constance is our main player. Say, say what you just said again. Constance said she knew Mooney. Okay. But that she was not Martha. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Interesting, okay. Hard to... And she denied... I mean, she must be very stressed out at this point. She's like, boy, I might have made up too much bullshit. That's the thing. She was always cool as a cucumber. She was always cool as a cucumber. And as cool as a cucumber. (laughs) And she denied she was the woman who matched the fingerprints, right? That's a hard thing to argue. So she knows her uncle, but she's not the niece. And... She does not match the fingerprints, but she did admit that she had been charged with assault in Oakland. Wait, what? How is she? How? Why? How do you not? How do you split it? It's pretty hard to say you were the person who went to jail but not fingerprinted. Yeah. Also, that you know your uncle who's not your uncle. Right. Right. The judge then cited Constance for contempt of court. Uh, I mean, the judge must have just been like, holy shit. There's a lot of paper up here. The decision is, fuck you! Uh, Fuck you! All rise. So he cites her for contempt and sentences her to six months in jail. Okay. All of Wakefield's money then went to Rose Kennedy. The bitch who only deserved the dollar? So they went with Will One. Correct. <laughs> now, Hubert Mooney would not understand. He just couldn't understand what was happening. Well, it sounds like he's like most of us. <laughs> he was just like, wait, what? No, she, I'm real. God damn it. He was an old Southern man, and according to his daughter, very racist. He was furious at Martha when he, he saw... He was an old Southern racist man? It's like finding a unicorn. You gotta meet him. Very rare to see down here. So... Are you standing now? Are we standing? What's going on? I'm standing. I'm You're standing, standing now? Yeah. Sometimes I'll stand. Should I lay? What do you want to do?
Hubert was furious at Linda when he saw what she was up to and could not comprehend why she would want to pass herself off as a black woman. But he does, does he, is... So the Linda, reason why is because of money. Yeah. Right. Does he doesn't get that? No, to him. What's his no... deal? <laughs> um, to him, no amount of money is worth it. If you're a racist and you're a pure racist, then you're like, it ain't worth it. I wouldn't be black for a million dollars. Here's a million dollars. Oh, okay, let me rethink my racism. <laughs> right. Um, so after she got out of jail, the family was not doing well, right? Right. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah. They were like, oh, good, she's out. This won't be complex. <laughs> uh, they moved from house to house on the south side, and for the kids, it was a nightmare. They were living the life with Wakefield, but now it was back to hell. Okay. Johnny was now 14. Uh, he kicked off a life of crime and was constantly roaming the streets and getting into shit. Then on March 3rd, 1966, authorities reported that Constance's daughter was gone. Quote, Sandra Steinberg, 13, has been missing. Wait, who's she? Did we meet her yet? Is she just... It's, Lin we... it's Linda's daughter, Sandra. Oh my God, there's a lot of players. Uh... It's the same person, she just has a different last name now. Keep up. <laughs> Is she missing? No. no. She's under a pile of goddamn babies. <laughs> well, she reported that Sandra had been missing for 18 days, and Constance Wakefield says she believes her daughter had been abducted. If she's seen, please notify the Chicago. You don't know what it's like to lose a child. <laughs> Unless you've been in the hospital I go to. <laughs> Very used to it. Different being on the other end. Really is. But Sandra had not been kidnapped. She came back and nothing came of it. Cool. Great. No explanation. Right. Sure. Was it that she didn't like her home life? It's a little weird. You try sleeping with 90 to 70 babies. <laughs> Around this time... Is 16... that a real offer? They're the puppies of humans, gang. They are. You ever sleep on a pile of babies? Holy shit, so soft. So, there's a baby hotel in, uh, in L.A. Hotel? Hotel. You can just, uh... Spell the French bow. You rent your room, there's no bed, just a pile of babies. Mm -hmm. And we have you down for a two-bedroom baby suite? Yes. Goo. Um, so... Around this time, 16-year-old 16 16-year-old 16 Rose Termini needed someone to watch her son, Raymond. And her sister used Constance as a babysitter, so Rose decided to leave her son with her. Oh, my God. What could go wrong? Everything will go wrong. <laughs> That's as bad... That recommendation... You, are you over the recommendation yet? No, still a little pissed. Still a little pissed at who you suggested. Quote, she acted... She had a home of babies. <laughs> she acted friendly, nice, and kind, and I always saw her with kids. Of course you did. Of course you did. I go, okay, so I trust her. I go, okay, she's got 300 babies living with her. She must be good with them. Why else would they be here? What, is she dressing up like a nurse and nabbing them? <laughs> um, it's good to know you got someone good. 
But then when I went back for my son that day, he was gone. <laughs> Rose never went to the police to report the kidnapping. Okay, so who are we rooting for right now? Who is good? Ah, you win some, you lose some. I mean, I, I fucked up. I left I'll tell you one thing, I'm not using her again. No. No, he's gone. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> She was only 16 and she was scared of what Constance would do to her family, or her. So for months, Rose would take the bus to the south side and search for Raymond, but she never found him. Ugh. Eventually, she had a nervous breakdown and was hospitalized. Two years went by. Finally, Rose's husband, who was in a gang called the Dragons, <laughs> told Sandra it was time for her mom to give the baby back. I gotta go. Wait, I gotta go. Wait. She had a husband the whole fucking time! Wait. Who was wait. in a gang and he never said, give me my kid. He was like, ah, it'll happen. Wait, they, uh, a husband? <laughs> so neither one of them? Neither one of them. They didn't call the police. They were just like... They went, they, went, they went looking for their son the way you would a stray dog. I don't even think they did that much. No, they didn't put up signs. They just wandered around. Probably yelling, Raymond, on the south side. Well, by the way, when you're in the Dragons, very musical, so there's not much you can do. True. You just... But then after two years, the husband was like, all right, I've had enough of this stealing of my child thing. <laughs> enough. And then they told Sandra, Constance's, Linda's, Martha's daughter, to bring him, bring him, and Sandra went and got him and brought him. What? Yep, that was it. Got her kid back. End of happy story. It was a good story. Good you guys ending. must have been worried the whole time about me. <laughs> Figured you were good or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, um, Are you good? Do you want to go back? We could have called the police, but... <laughs> well, you know phones. <laughs> I mean, they're nuts. Anyway, we love you. Oh, love you a lot. Anyway, Dad's got to get to dragon practice. <laughs> You diddle. <laughs> Nobody knows how many children Linda took over the years. In the That's 60s, crazy. In the 60s, she was arrested twice for taking children, but not convicted either time. How do you not convict someone of... It's pretty... Because the kids were returned. <laughs> that doesn't work with goods. Apparently, it works with uh, children in Chicago. There's a return counter? If you, steal a, if you steal a child and they catch you, you go, all right, take it back. And then you get to go. It has the judicial reach of capture the flag? What? Where do you see where this goes? In 1967, Linda slash Constance reported another child was missing and probably kidnapped. But when police... Who looked, <laughs> the irony. She's calling the cops. She's calling the cops to report a child that was kidnapped that's not Johnny or Sandra. 
Yeah, but she's calling the cops when kids aren't missing, and the others are like, it's pretty, he's gone, it'll be fine. It's pretty ironic. You know, they're busy with all the pranks. When police looked into it, they realized it was not her child. Linda Who she reported missing. Yeah. Linda told the cops she had given birth to a boy at Edgewater Hospital on December 13, 1963. That was just four months That's before... That's where the Edgewater just broke. <laughs> that was just four months... <laughs> Fucking turn on me. That was just four months before the Franzak baby was taken from the same hospital. The who? Remember the baby she took with the nurse's uniform? She took a thousand babies. Yeah, but that was the one we, we focused on. The gateway baby? Gateway baby. <laughs> but then she told the cops that that child was living with foster parents in Chicago Heights. Does she think she runs an orphanage? <laughs> Looking into it, the cops discovered the birth certificate was signed by the same doctor who had signed the fake birth certificate. Who's this guy? Claiming she was Wakefield's daughter. This guy's not a doctor. No. Right? He's dressed up like a doctor stealing babies, and she's running into him dressed up as a nurse. And he's like, for sure, I'm a doctor, and I'm a nurse. What do you need? There you go. Come back anytime. Well, Medical that, degree. That doctor would stop practice medi practicing medicine in 1970 to avoid prosecution on charges of selling dangerous drug prescriptions to children. Oh, my God. What, what doctor hasn't done that? You know, you want to make a couple extra bucks, there's an eight-year-old around, you're like, you want some Prozac? <laughs> Your boy needs opiates. Now. <laughs> Mommy, I need opiates. <laughs> now, Linda was living a very lavish lifestyle now at this point. <laughs> She's living high off the hog. She was running cons and practicing voodoo. Chill. Okay, so things are fine there. Nothing Lin to see there. Linda would tell people she got her spiritual training in her home company of Haiti, which she was not from. In her home country? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said company. Country. Okay. Did I say company? Yeah. yeah. I was like, her home company of Haiti. What's the difference? Oh, it says company here. That's why. Uh, Johnny said she started practicing voodoo in the 50s. One woman paid her $1,500 for several spiritualism visits in 1971. The woman ended the sessions when Johnny told her his mother was, quote, a fake and a con woman. That's not a good reading. Yeah. Can we keep it on me a little bit more? I'm kind of here for me, so. On August 8th, 1974. She pretends I run away all the time. Again, I just want to know, am I going to meet Mr. Wright? <laughs> Help us. You know, this is not going well. I really... Let me put a pin in a baby and see. That's a real baby. That's a real baby. That's a real baby. Yeah, this is voodoo. Uh... Oh, it's sweet. <laughs> voodoo Gaga. <laughs> 
On August 8, 8 in 1974, Chicago burglary detective Jack Schwerin responded to a woman who reported she'd been robbed. Oh, boy. Linda Taylor said the robin had taken 14,000. Linda Taylor? <laughs> Let me guess. 14,000 in furs, jewelry, and cash. 14,000 in furs. Mainly cash. furs. Had a big fur year. <laughs> but Officer Sh- Sherwin's spidey His sense. name changed. Sherwin? Yeah. Sherwin. Okay. All right. Sure. His spidey sense was going off. That's because two years earlier, Linda had made another similar rob- robbery claim, and he had responded. It was mostly paintings and furs again. <laughs> I shouldn't be carrying them down this dark alley alone. So that time she said, the first time she said she lost 10000 in furs and other stuff. Oh. But then since that one, she'd gotten a lot of new furs. Well, they were replaced by the insurance company. Oh, so she had four grand in new furs and then replacement furs. Officer Sherwin cited her for making a false report. Okay. And then he followed his instincts, and he kept digging into Linda. He soon learned she was getting welfare checks under several different names. Is that illegal? (laughs) Is that not okay? And that she had at least... She'd had at least seven husbands. Uh, yeah. Okay. So his instincts were right. What? His instincts were right. Yeah, a little bit. So seven husbands. He tracked uh, them. He tracked them all down. So the names were not as bullshit as we think, perhaps. Yeah, they might be real they names. Might, they potentially could just be tweaks. Somebody. Okay. Well, at least there's a little silver. Keep going. <laughs> So he tracks down all the husbands. Some were too scared to talk, too scared of Constance slash Linda. But a few That's did... got to be the weirdest thing when you're sure when walking up to ask if they're married. Be like, what's your wife's name? <laughs> Linda. Okay, great. Uh, you are married to her? And your wife's name is? Constance. Okay, great. Perfect. Every time you go up there, there's like 18 names. Is she Jewish? She isn't. Are you? You are. Okay, we're just trying to get this together over here. <laughs> Um. And uh, Linda was about to meet husband number eight. Ah. Liz tailoring in real time. Just four days after she filed the second robbery report, Linda met Lamar Jones. He was a 21-year-old sailor working in a dental clinic at the Naval Training Center. How did she stumble across him? A woman came in to get her teeth cleaned named Linda Sholvia. <laughs> and uh, Lamar said she was beautiful. Uh-huh. It was love at first sight. Yeah. They met on a Monday and were married on Saturday. Nothing. <laughs> nothing weird about that. Should I invite my other husbands? <laughs> yeah. She was 35 and gave him $1,000 as a wedding present, and she also let him pick out a fancy new car. Okay. But this was going to be a rocky marriage as he became suspicious of who she was. I mean, you got eight. He found a degree from a university in Haiti that was for Linda Taylor, (laughs) not Linda Linda Shovia. She also had five mailboxes at her apartment. Well, Dave, that's (laughs) problematic. 
How the fuck do you spin that? There's literally no answer. Oh, you're crazy. No! One's magazines, one's Manila, one's reg, one's junk, and one's outgoing. Letters what do you think my name is again? Letters would come to all five addressed to five different people. Lamar was unnerved when she told them he was her eighth husband. But, oh, so she came clean. She came clean about oh, that. Okay. Yeah, well, he vetted her properly. Linda also had a sister named Constance. Did she? <laughs> Did she? Who seemed a lot more like an adult daughter. What? It's Sandra. Oh my God. Sandra's got a case of the Lindas? Lamar said Linda's skin was so pale and smooth that she could look Asian or like a light-skinned black woman or even white. But one Doesn't night... Doesn't sound like he was 100%. <laughs> she's white. And black. And she's Asian. And a male. But one night, he woke up early in the morning and saw, quote, 1,000 wrinkles on her face. Wait. It's like a sci-fi movie now. Wait, wait. Unless she eats a spider. Did we just she... cross through the event horizon? If she... If she doesn't eat a spider every morning, her wait. skin doesn't go no. taut. No, no, no. Wait. Linda leapt out of bed, ran into the bathroom, and locked herself in for an hour. And when she came out, she looked completely different and young again. She's got some kick-ass foundation or whatever. I don't know what she was doing. I... Maybe she's born with it. All the women in the audience are like, can we hear more, more about that? Um, what is happening right now? Then a week after she met Lamar, Officer Sherwin... You mean their wedding day? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like a week after they were married, sorry. Uh, Officer Sherwin arrested her. For what? <laughs> Linda paid the bond, got out, left the state, and took her husband's new color TV with her. <laughs> Why not? I'll just lay it on this row of babies. Lamar, Lamar decided to cooperate uh, with the police. They taped a phone conversation, traced the call, and on August 9th, Constance Green was arrested in Arizona. Who? <laughs> Linda. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, the main player. The press cut Linda the story. Three days later, the Chicago Tribune wrote, quote, Crazy shit! <laughs> Quote, the 47-year-old welfare queen was being held in a Tucson jail. Wait, so, okay. This may be... She was 35 two minutes ago, yeah? yeah. Right. Yeah, now she's 47. Sure. This may be the first use of the term welfare queen in America. <laughs> welfare queen shit of Liesville.
Linda slash Constance slash Martha was brought back to Chicago and put on trial. Lamar testified against her. But the lawyer was like, I need to change my pants. I really, this could be fun. <laughs> Lamar testified against her in front of a grand jury, as did her seventh husband, who she was still married to. But he was probably a little PO'd. Maybe. I mean, because of Lamar, not the others. He could have been happy. Fine. He could have been like, yeah, great. They were living like dwarves until Lamar came along. <laughs> we love you, Snow White. Linda was indicted on charges of theft, perjury, and bigamy. In court, her name was recorded as Connie Walker, a.k.a. Linda Bennett, a.k.a. Linda Taylor, a.k.a. Connie Jarvis. A.k.a. Connie Jarvis? Yeah. She was either 35, 39, 40, or 47 years old. Dude, they're going to have to cut her open and count the rings. The executive director of the Legislative Advisory Committee on Public Aid told the Chicago Tribune, quote, she is without a doubt the biggest welfare cheat of all time. Linda wasn't just selling kids, she was using them to game the system. The paper reported she was conning Social Security, food stamps, Medicaid, and aid to families with dependent children, canceled AFDC checks and Medicaid ID cards in several names, allowed the state to charge her with stealing 8000 from public assistance, but that's all they had on her. That's it? Yeah. But she was selling babies. <laughs> well, they don't, know, they don't know what happened to the babies. I'm pretty were... sure there wasn't a policy king. <laughs> the babies, the babies would get hurt in the spinner. But <laughs> babies, go, babies go bad after a while. Do they? And then... You compost them. Do you? I don't know. I don't know. When my when Finn came, he was four. <laughs> he walked, he walked in the door. Amazon and I was like, Prime. I'm a kid. Amazon Prime. <laughs> uh, but the case was very slow moving in the courts, and Linda was out on bail. She was then introduced to who granted her bail? Hey, she seems like a good kid. <laughs> Or mid-40s lady. Uh, uh, she was then introduced to Patricia Parks. Was that her? <laughs> nice to meet you. No, but at this time, Linda was going as Linda Malexo. Linda Malexo? An African daughter who practiced... Sorry, African doctor who practiced voodoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ask so your voodoo doctor Alexa's right. She's now Linda Malexo, African voodoo doctor. <laughs> which is going to be a great TV show. CBS. Uh, Patricia Parks was from Trinidad, where there is a long tradition of belief in sorcery and folk magic. And the day they met, Linda looked at Parks and told her she would be dead in six months. Well, that's a fun opener. <laughs> Hi. Hey. You're going to be dead in six months. Okay. Huh? Hi. Just, I'm just opening up the conversation. Is there a doll involved, or did you just, is that, what just happened? You're gonna be dead. Hi. I'm gonna be dead? Yeah. Do I still have to pay $30? Yeah. I can help you, though. Okay. Voodoo. 
a voodoo doctor. Hi. That's how I know you're going to die. That's how I'm going to die? No, that's how I know you're going to die. I'm a voodoo doctor. Oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm taking it a lot right now. I just oh sat down. Oh, my I'm God. Fine. When are you going to say, how can you help me? How can you help me? Voodoo. <laughs> I think I'll just pay the 30. Get out of here. So... Linda convinced Park, Parks that she had voodoo skills and she could help her with the coming death situation. Uh, so... Right. Great. Change your name 30 times. <laughs> Linda was hired by Parks to keep house and watch her kids. Linda moved into the home. Well, well, She likes well, kids. Oh, well. Parks well. had three children who described... Who described Linda as, quote, the worst nanny we ever had. Really? Voodoo nanny wasn't winning. Voodoo nanny. Shocking. This week on CBS, voodoo nanny. You better go to bed. <laughs> Parks immediately became sick and was soon confined to bed. Uh. But that, we knew it was going to happen because she was going to die in six months, so it all well, makes sense. Well, David. Linda was giving Parks pills the whole time. Really? Help pills? Soon Parks struggled to talk. And you then, know, I've been sick ever since we started saving me. I don't know. She's going to die. Go ahead. But then she go. died on June 15, 1975. Right. All right. Linda told the funeral director that Parks had cervical cancer, but the coroner said she died of combined phenobarbital, methapraline, and salicylate entire... I think they're all barbiturates. Uh, she still did not have cancer. Voodoo. Voodoo. <laughs> the Tribune reported, quote, when investigators entered the dead woman's bedroom, they found five lamps directed toward a hospital bed, a pair of witch doctor's masks hung on the walls, what? Candles, a voodoo manual, and a religious statue on a nearby table. How do you, you not do a minor cleanup if you've murdered someone? <laughs> you know, that's kind of weird, isn't it? But she's that's saying, like, she's like, look, I did everything I could. I did everything I could. I, I got the mask, the candles. doll, some sage. I gave her uh, poison. I mean, I did everything I could. I just, I, just, I tried. I gave and I gave and I gave with her. I even waved the $30. Well, I'll keep the kids, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the cops soon learned that Parks had willed her home to Linda and had made her the beneficiary of several insurance policies and the guardian of her three children. <laughs> there it is. But just like with the Franzak baby kidnapping, Linda was not charged with murdering Parks. Wow. The prosecutor of the welfare fraud case, right, the $8,000 welfare fraud case, right. James Piper, Looked into it, but he said he wasn't able to get blood samples from the hospital, and he thought without those, he couldn't convict, convince a jury. And that's that? That's it. Okay, so that's diligence? Ah, what are you going to do? He thought if he brought murder charges, the press would say he was looking for more press in the welfare case, and he didn't want to mess up the welfare case. <laughs> Wait. Huh? Uh, okay, so he's... He's a 
fucking idiot. He's good. He's good at what he does. Officer Sherwin thought that was idiotic. Really? So Sherwin's the hero. Well, but he was a burglary detective, so he couldn't investigate Linda. Wait, he was a what? He's a burglary detective. He can't investigate her for murder. Cause really? He's, yeah, you're not allowed to cross Does it still over. work like that? Yep. Oh. Uh, Who knew? <laughs> Linda then had her bond revoked when her parole officer went to check on her and found a vacant lot at the address she had listed. Weird. Weird. Her explanation was that they were looking for Linda Taylor and she was not Linda Taylor. Wait. Wait, how does that... It's, it... Anyway, she was eventually, eventually released again. She then applied, after she gets out of jail, after being arrested for, for violating her lot? bond. Yeah. Okay. So she gets out and then she immediately applies for welfare, claiming she needed money for medical purposes. Okay. She was suspected of falsifying information on the application. She, Linda was? <laughs> Linda, Linda. And then... Meredith Linda. Yeah. And then Linda... Constance Meredith Linda. They were flagging. And then Linda called the cops. Oh, good. I bet something's missing. She was robbed. Of course she was. This time, they took 17000 in jewelry. Oh, shocking. No furs now. <laughs> the... The Chicago Tribune wrote about Linda's connections to the baby kidnapping and Park's death in 1975. Wrote that she was, quote, buying newborn infants to substantiate welfare claims. And somehow, the claims of welfare fraud were the bigger story. <laughs> Everybody ignored the As fact. opposed to a baby market? Yes. When the welfare program was created... How? I'm going to tell you. When Do the, it! <laughs> when the welfare program was created under FDR, it was mainly used by whites, about 80%. Okay. Then more black people began to migrate north to get out of the fucking south. <laughs> and when they did, more began to use welfare. And suddenly, for some crazy reason, welfare began to be framed as being bad. In 1964... Timing is weird. <laughs> in 1964, 27% of photos in stories about poverty in the top three news magazines... How, wait, one more time the percentage? 27%. Okay. In the top three news magazines were photos of black people. Okay. In 1965, it was up to 49%. Okay. And by 1967, it was 72%. Wow. Suddenly, there was a huge backlash against the undeserving poor on welfare. Welfare now had a big, huge target on it. And in October 1976, Ronald Reagan, who was gunning for the White House, discussed the welfare queen in his weekly radio address. He talked about Man, the woman. Did you hear about this one? Oh, this is a whole new thing. He talked about the woman who had operated in 14 states, used 127 names, and claimed to be the mother of 14 children and was using 50 addresses in Chicago alone. He's making that up. Reagan told his audience... I love how he has to make shit up. I know. With her, he doesn't have to make shit up. You don't have to. Yeah. But Reagan, I'm a politician. 
Reagan told his audience she had three new cars, a full-length mink coat, and her take was an estimated $1 million. Wow. And that she had once posed as a heart surgeon. Reagan said all this information came from the Chicago Times. The Tribune had now uh, printed so many crazy stories about Linda that Reagan's claims didn't seem exaggerated. She had actually posed as a heart surgeon. How far did she get? Well, Dr. Connie Walker. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I'm picturing at a Christmas party. She's in the ER, isn't she? No, she never went to the ER, but she did use the name Dr. Connie Walker for a while up in Michigan. I don't okay. know what happened. I didn't. At some point, you have to not follow this woman or you'll go crazy. <laughs> A woman reported to police that Linda had stolen 800 worth of items from her. $800? $800. Okay. Once again, Officer Jack Sherwin was called, and he found the woman's electric can opener, color TV, and fur coat hidden away in Linda's apartment building. Okay. Unfortunately, the three-piece polka dot pantsuit was not recovered. (laughs) Well, you got to call the pantsuit detective for that. That's out of burglary. In the... Fur coat was babies. Patricia <laughs> Patricia Park's credit card. Wait a minute. So nobody did anything. Okay. The cops also found two boys, a white seven-year-old, a black five-year-old, who were taken into protective custody. Naturally, the news stories focused on her car because it was a Cadillac. Dude, this woman needs a Sarah McLaughlin song like no other. <laughs> She had two babies, and they're like, the car's the story. Look how hot this car is. Look at the whip. (laughs) Naturally, the news stories focus on the Cadillac. The New York Times headline was, Welfare Queen Loses Her Cadillac Limousine. That's it. And not the children. Not that she stole babies. Reports did not focus on the tons of fraudulent documents found in her apartment. She had documents for over 33 different aliases. Oh, She had tons of wigs for her many disguises. She was conning everyone everywhere. And they focused on the Cadillac. (laughs) The wig box is the story. (laughs) During court appearances, the news described her appearance. Quote, brightly colored mod outfits with sparkling rings and bracelets. Could you call each one of her aliases to the stand? like that. Mm. It'll be fun, though. Fun to watch. It'll be like backstage at a sketch show. <laughs> the angle in the papers was always about the woman stealing from welfare, not her other crimes. Never mind that she was a baby trafficker baby. and a murderer. She was a baby hunter. She was also the perfect welfare queen photo, right? right. She finally went on trial in March 1977 and was found guilty and sentenced to six years for theft and perjury. That's pretty good, if you're her. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. With what she did? Yeah. She's like, I mean, the kids will be older when I get back, but it'll be fine. While she was was in jail, she, quote, used state-owned materials to make cushions and sell them. Okay. In the 1970s... That's like how a Shark Tank pitch begins. In the 1970s, a psychologist developed a 20-item list to assess whether someone was a psychopath. And <laughs> Linda met every single one to some degree. Well, I mean, the name column alone, he was like, this is, there's more in the back. 
Linda was released from prison sometime in 1983, and she had a husband waiting for her when she got out. Just one? She had married him just before she went in. Who's this guy? He was a former Marine. I mean, he is... I mean, this is like beyond catfishing. His this name, is a pond of catfish. I didn't write down his name, but that's all right. He's not going to be around okay. long. No, she, of course not. Actually, names have no value in this story, so who gives a shit? I think his name is Raymond. Doesn't matter. Uh, she also had a boyfriend named Will True Lloyd. Will True Lloyd? Will True Lloyd. Wow. Who was a former World War II vet, and the two men were always fighting with Linda. About what? <laughs> Linda seemed to be setting them against each other. And finally, Lloyd shot Linda's husband with a shotgun. When does her reign of terror end? Uh, he died, and it was ruled an accident. I just... We're in upside-down land. That meant Linda got the insurance money. She then moved to Florida with Lloyd. Of course she hit Florida. (laughs) At some point, Linda met a widow in Chicago and convinced her she was the daughter of the widow's long-dead husband. Oh, my God. Now this... But people know her, but she's still able to... Yeah, the family was like, this isn't a long-lost daughter. And she's like, it is. It is. She's the one we've always seen in the pictures who's blurry. It's her. She's finally here for money. Oh, this worked out. She convinced the widow to move to Florida with her. Okay. I'll drive. Soon, $50,000 went missing and much of the widow's furniture. No, my bed. (laughs) No. The widow's children at this point had no idea where she was. I don't either. And there's a lot of grass here. And then the widow got married. Okay. To Will True Lloyd. Uh, wait. Wait. What? Oh. <laughs> Was it in Hades? <laughs> it's real. Okay. <sighs> okay, so she marries Lloyd. Now, being old, she eventually died. She was, she was already really old, this, well, this widow. Linda died. No, no, oh, uh, the of widow, course not. The widow died. Right, the, the, the old no, woman who. No, fortunately did. for Linda, she had tons of insurance policies. All sure, the time. yeah, she was fine. Several in different names. Uh huh. Really? The coroner. Oh my God. The coroner revealed the widow had died as a ro- result of a blow to the head. However, <laughs> but a blowjob. <laughs> Tough way to go. But he couldn't prove it wasn't an accident, so the insurance companies paid up. <laughs> How does she not feel bulletproof at this point? Oh, she's totally bulletproof. <laughs> then Lloyd died, and his, um, his heir was his granddaughter, Okay. who was seven years younger, and her name was Linda.
She's seven. She's seven years younger than Lloyd. Lloyd's granddaughter is seven years younger than him. His granddaughter. Who he's banging. <laughs> so his granddaughter's seven years younger. All righty. And named Linda. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Impossible, now, some would say. Now, Linda was getting Loy's World War II veteran benefits. Oh. Cool. You're welcome. In 1994, Sandra visited her mom, Linda, in Tampa and found her in bad shape. <laughs> She'd had several facelifts and was wearing very raggedy clothes. She was in a state of dementia. Johnny then came down and flew her back to Chicago, and she lived in Chicago until she was either 74 or 77 years old. Or 105 or 901. Uh, she died in 2000. Died on Krypton. <laughs> she died in 2002 of a heart attack. Boy, the tombstone engraver was like, sorry, one more time? Almost nothing on her death certificate is true. <laughs> Dave, that's what an entire existence of bullshit will result in. Because of Linda and her insane conning ways and Reagan putting the spotlight on her, welfare fraud prosecution shot up. In a 1978 poll of Illinois voters, 84% ranked controlling welfare and Medicaid fraud as their highest priority. Wow. A welfare fraud hotline was set up, and it received over 10,000 calls in 1977. Probably all still about Linda. <laughs> Across the country, welfare fraud investigations skyrocketed. Oh. And welfare benefits began a steady decline that continues today. It is nearly impossible to figure out the actual scope of welfare fraud. Much of it is just due to mistakes and overpayment by the government. Other than Linda, there is no proof that as a group, welfare recipients are gaming the system. But Reagan continued going after welfare queens, and that resulted in a slashing of benefits that was continued by President Clinton, in 1996, Clinton declared an end to welfare as we know it and signed a bill with time limits, work requirements, and strict sanctions for noncompliance. It overwhelmingly affects single mothers. Now, 15 states use drug test applicants, uh, even though evidence contradicts uh, the claim that they use drugs. In Missouri, they spent $336,000 to come up with 48 positive tests from 40,000 welfare recipients. Holy a shit. Horrendous loss of money. Also, in 15 states, if you're on welfare and have a baby, you are not allowed to get more money, which just leaves a child in poverty. Turns out, if, uh, if uh, pointing out that a psychopath is a standard welfare recipient, shitloads of people suffer. Welfare queen is still a pejorative term used to refer to women who allegedly collect excessive welfare payments through fraud or manipulation. It is 100% based on a lie. I'm glad Reagan's dead.
And it, Quite a punctuation mark. And it's a weird place for people to cheer. That is so crazy that the, it, the like, you're so inept with one person that it creates Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can forever just, like, forever. Yeah, you forever only, because of this one forever because of her. Who was a complete? Because she had a baby factory and lied about furs. Had that, ninety-one names. She got away with all of it because they and wanted, murdered, murdered. Because they wanted to point the finger at welfare fraud, and she got away with murder and baby kidnapping and baby selling, all this fucking shit. Oh, so all the paper reporting you mean is way more? Is that what you're saying? That the, the skew of the media is so... No, they both did it. The politicians right, did but it. Right, that, but that's the very true. Like, the idea that the paper's headlines are not about, like, oh, yeah. crazy woman lives on stack of babies. Instead, they're like, look at the caddy. Right, Unbelievable. the New York Times, the paper of record, right? <laughs> babies are clearly being sold. They're like, how about that caddy, motherfucker? And then think of us now with babies. Now we're like, baby, I mean, if you fucking fuck with a baby, holy shit. Oh, no, you can't punch it a baby. At any level, you at any goddamn level. You can't punch a baby level. anymore. You, no, 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 no. Shut the fuck up, shut up. Punch a baby. Shut the fuck up, shut your mouth. Shut up. Welfare shut checks up. come no. out. No, 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 no. You no. used to be able to punch a baby and welfare checks would come out. No, that's not the point I'm making. That is not the point that I'm making. You just hit him and the checks fly out the mouth. Stop it. Stop it. Hold this like a goddamn press conference now. You went ape shit at the end. If I give you back your mic, are you gonna be good? I don't trust it. Um. What's up, baby? <laughs> All right. Um, guys, we want to thank you for coming out so much. If you kick them, they just explode. No, 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 no. Cut it. Cut his audio. Cut his audio. There we go. Here. We're going to take a picture. We're going to take a picture. Hold on. Um, we are going to uh, sign posters and shit. We'll take some pictures. We kind of got to be a little quick because uh, this place, but we're going to sign them right yeah. over there on Absolutely. the side. What is the name of that street? Side of the there? building, Oak. What is it? Oakdale. So, so right there in Oakdale. Oakdale. Right here, outside, there's a stage door. So if you guys want to do posters or pictures, we'll be out there. Because someone's agent didn't tell them that we needed them to keep the place open. So it was a fuck up. You guys can blame Joe, you can blame Joe. Joe fuck But uh, I know you guys are leaving early, which is fucked up, but um, <laughs> truly guys, so fucking awesome to be here. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you! Truly. Love you guys. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, 
this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.